Hey, welcome to Movemakers. I am Angie Bauer, your host, and I am so excited you are here. You won't want to miss out as we talk about the transformation you can make in your small business and daily walk in life. I will be talking with some of my best friends and amazing business owners. So sit back, relax, and listen in as we talk real life. Hey guys, I'm so excited for you guys to be here for another episode of Movemakers. I am excited to introduce not only an amazing business owner, an amazing cookie artist, but also one of my best friends, uh, April Kalonjic from Sweet and Saucy Life. I'm excited for you guys to learn about how she has taken her business from doing tons of cookie orders to all online. So get ready, get set. Here we go. So, Miss April, why don't you tell everyone about your business, um, the name of your business, where you're located, and maybe how many years you've been at this? Okay. Well, hello, hello. Um, my name is April Planchuk. I am the owner of Sweet and Saucy Life. I am located in Kansas City, Missouri. I say Kansas City, Missouri, because that's what everybody knows, but I'm about uh, 10 minutes north of there. So we just say Kansas City. I have been doing what I am currently doing for about, and I say about roughly five years, because I had a good 10 months where I wasn't doing it. And then I don't even sometimes consider that I was fully doing what I was doing until probably three and a half, four years ago. So it was one of those little, I was kind of dabbling in it and I thought that I had a business, but really I just had a hobby. I wasn't really in business mode yet, if that makes sense. I think we've all kind of been there. Um, But yeah, so I would say comfortably four years. All right. And why don't you tell everyone what you do and you do it a little bit different because in the introduction, I introduced you as a cookie artist. And so why don't you tell everyone what you do? Okay. So yes, I am what we call a cookier or a cookie artist. And it's exactly the way it sounds. I make decorated sugar cookies. However, I no longer take customer orders. So I don't make them for customers or for, um, that is not how I generate my income in my business. I am now 100% online, meaning I do online tutorials. I do live streams um, to be just part of my community. I don't make money necessarily during those live streams, but what I do make my money on is um, recommending products to other people. And I also have two membership groups. So I have a membership group where I teach other cookiers or budding cookiers how to um, decorate cookies, learning new techniques every month. And then I also have Creative Business Insider that is where I help other people that are wanting to grow their businesses and move onto an online space or maybe just have that online presence. So I teach them how to 
start their business just exactly the same way as I've run mine. So I have the virtual cookie club and creative business insider. Which I just want to point out, um, we will put in our show notes how to find April and we'll link all that. But when she says she's a cookie artist, guys, she's an amazing cookie artist. And I'm going to just like tell y'all like I'm don't like cookies. I know. Go ahead. <laughs> boo and hiss. But I will eat April's because they are delicious. So that makes me so happy. I know. I tell you that all the time because, you know, there's some love. So <laughs> why don't you tell everyone? Well, first off, why don't you tell everyone why you started being a cookier? Okay. So do the first sure. step of your business and then. Um, we're going to talk about in the second question about how and why you moved to the virtual part, but let's touch first on why you just started. So first and foremost, I need to be very clear in the fact that until five years ago, I had never made a sugar cookie that held its shape. So I was just like every other person out there that if you're making like sugar cookies, like cut out cookies for Christmas or something like that. And I'm thinking, Oh, well, we're going to have these cookies and um, I'm going to make this reindeer. Well, my reindeer would turn out looking like a moose or a hippopotamus or something that was, was so bad. It was so bad. So Um, I do not have any culinary background. I have no artistry background at all. Um, What I did have was a moment in my life when I needed something else. I had just had our fourth, Miss Scarlet. So I had just had a baby and um, had really struggled with the decision not to return back to corporate. and they were amazing to me and the fact that they kept giving me more time and more time and more time. And I, my maternity leave was from May until November and November is when I decided I was not going to return. And I struggled so badly with that, not only with postpartum and that was the big part of why I didn't return, but I struggled with that identity being removed. And then I was left and I have three kids and I had a baby And that was all great. And of course, my husband, and that was all great. But I was, I've always been someone that needed some other creative outlet of some way, shape or form. And um, about three, I think it was like three to four weeks after I left my job, my husband was in a horrible trucking accident. And we still aren't quite sure how he, other than the grace of God, that he walked away fairly unhurt. I mean, he could have, he could have lost his life and he was immediately out of a job. So here we are four kids and neither one of us have a job. I quit. And then he had this situation. So we are going into the Christmas season and it was the first time that we are all, all of us going to be together, all six of us together for an extended amount of time because he was over the road six days a week and normally. So I'm like, okay, I need to try to figure out how we're going to make this Christmas, which was Scarlett's first Christmas, the best Christmas that we can make it 
and try to do it on a budget because I had saved all of my income while I was on maternity leave, but we didn't know when, when (laughs) that was going, we were going to have another income coming in. So I was trying to be as thrifty as possible. So I'm like, okay, um, we are going to have a Christmas sugar cookie day. Had we ever done this? Was this a tradition in our family? Absolutely. It was not. Um, but I knew to, knew that we needed something for us to do together. And so I kind of sought out and I'm one of those people that when I get my mind made up on something, there's really not much that's going to deter me from that. So, (laughs) so I like sought out and I was looking online. I was looking on Pinterest. I was looking in all of the places for the perfect cutout sugar cookie. And I happened upon um, Awesome with Allison. I don't know if anybody has followed her. She is still on social media. She is rocking it. Her business has taken a bit of a pivot. But she had a sugar cookie course. And I was like, number one, that was the first time I'd ever been um, had any experience with a digital course. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to figure out what I've been doing wrong all of these years. So I took that course, my cookies turned out great. Um, And then I started tweaking her recipe and playing with other recipes. Now that I kind of knew what it was supposed to look like and feel like and things like that. And so um, we, it just organically kind of went in that direction. And I kept playing and that became my creative outlet was trying different things. And um playing with the recipe and just learning it. And little did I know at that point that there is this huge secret, like sugary underground. There is a massive sugar cookie community out there. It's crazy. And, um, and that was before I really knew that, but I just kind of dabbled in cookies and it was really kind of just my creative space. I attempted trying to sell some through my personal Facebook profile, which I know now is a no-no, but no worries. I sold none, (laughs) (laughs) Um, like literally sold none. And, um, and then I kind of put it away while we moved into um, our new house and, and then uh, what, like, and this is where that 10 month little sabbatical so to speak comes into play a friend called me up one day and said hey um i have a baby shower i'm going to would you be interested in making me some cookies for it and i was like oh girl (laughs) i don't number one i didn't think i was that great to begin with and number two i haven't even done anything with it for like 10 months and my cookie cutters are probably and when i say cookie cutters friends it was the wilton 101 set like the plastic cutters, this was nothing fancy. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure my cutters are in a box somewhere still from when we moved. I'm going to have to find them first. And I'm not guaranteeing that these cookies are going to look good at all. So it is what it is. And you take what you get because I'll do my best, but I have no idea. And that turned into um, other people asking me and it just started rolling from that, from that point. And then I started actually selling cookies. So what I love about your story and some of the things I love about you is that I I hope our listeners really heard that you didn't have a background 
mm-hmm. in cookies. It's not something you went to culinary school and learned how to do. You just started Googling kind of and mm-hmm. searching out how to do it. Um, you just started dabbling and playing around with it and the knowledge grew and came. Now, again, I'll put in the show notes so you can find her. Um, it's funny cause sometimes she posts like her, your first cookies and mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you that you are a true artist because even my cookies could oh. look that good today. But anyways, um, <laughs> but what I love is that you just kept playing and learning and doing, um, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was a friend guys. You never know who's going to be that person that changes where you're going or how you're doing. It was a friend who called and said, Hey, can, can I order some cookies? Mm -hmm. And April wasn't scared. She did it. She might've been scared Mm -hmm. while she was doing it, but she said yes. So one friend, one saying yes, turned into where she is like, Mm -hmm. I, I just really wanted to, because there might be someone out there listening. It's like, well, I've been, you know, doing this for months and I just do it. And someone asked me and I said, no, cause I didn't think I was good enough. Guys, yeah. I'll tell you, we all, me painting furniture, April doing cookies. She probably feels the same way. I would yep. love to go back and get my piece, first pieces of furniture and be like, can I just repeat <laughs> those for you? <laughs> Please. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I think it's important because, and that's why I post those cookie photos because someone else is in that same spot as I was and they need to know, like, you can do this. If this is something that you want to try, you can do this. Like I didn't start off. I wasn't some magical unicorn that picked up a cookie and was flawless. That's not the case. We all have a journey and sometimes it just takes one person that sees the ability and sees something in you that maybe you can't see yet. So um, if you have somebody that's saying, oh my gosh, I think you should do this. And you have more than one person telling you that, then maybe it's just something that you don't see yet, but everyone else is seeing in you. So, uh, and I feel like that, that doesn't just stop with that first time. That can happen many times along your life and along your journey. Um, So don't, pay attention to those things. Don't just discard those comments or those, um, those little bits of encouragement because they can make all the difference. And to be honest, that's why I started my podcast is because I had a group of people saying, Hey, you Mm -hmm. really do this. You need to go to podcast form. Won't mention any names, maybe someone (laughs) right now. (laughs) Okay. So you did custom orders for how long? Um, Scarlett was, so two years. So Scarlett was three when, um, I started phasing out. So two and a half years. Okay. And so let's touch on that next phase. And Mm -hmm. if you feel comfortable sharing why you, um, made that choice, because, I can remember spending lots of time mm-hmm. talking to you as you're up at all hours of the night making cookies. And mm-hmm. um, so why don't you touch on that next, where you are and why you took the next step to where you are today? So the big, the biggest reason was Miss Scarlett. Um, 
as most cookiers, most cookiers are stay-at-home moms, which I was. I still am, so to speak. Um, I would be classified as that from many people. But most people that are cookiers are stay-at-home moms that are trying to generate some income to help support their family while staying home with their, their babies. And, um, and in doing so, most of the time that means that you are mom for most of the day. And then when the babies go to sleep, your kids go to sleep, that is when you start decorating cookies. Uh, I was... I was doing a fairly decent sized volume of cookies at that point in time. So I was kind of moving into during the day as well, but I kind of had a different little bit, little bit of a different situation. And the fact that Scarlett was never a good sleeper, even from a baby. So she was never a good sleeper. So I didn't have that. She would go to bed at eight o'clock and at night, and then I could work. It was, I'm having to stay up until two, three, sometimes four o'clock in the morning because she won't sleep. I might as well get work done. So um, that was kind of what our normal schedule was. And it was exhausting. It was absolutely exhausting. And when she turned three years old, we, we were seeing speech delays and um, we were seeing some behavioral things and we were mainly concerned with her speech delay. So we, the rest, we just kind of chalked up to her being a feisty little redhead. Um, Cause she's got attitude and personality mm-hmm. to spare. <laughs> and so a lot of, a lot of the things and quirks and things that she had, we just thought was her. Well, we took her in for a speech assessment to try to get her into a program. And I don't know if I, I don't know if it was, I don't really truly believe it was denial. I think it was, I was uneducated as to the signs because they're different in girls and boys, but we were, we were hit with an autism diagnosis and it was, it was hard to receive that information. In one way, it was, I was grateful because we had an answer and we knew that, okay, these rules no longer apply to my child. So like all of these milestones that she should have been meeting, those don't apply to her anymore. So I don't need to worry so much that she's behind on all these things. She's going to have her own timeline. But on the other hand, it's like, I know nothing about this. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know what this is going to look like for not only her, but for us as parents and for us as a family. And this is going to take a lot more time than we kind of, we have experienced with our other three kids and something's got to give, because if this is the case, this isn't something we're going to get her in a program and she's going to get caught up real quick. This isn't something that's going to be fixed quickly um, or ever, you know? Right. So it was like something has to change and something has to shift. And that meant I needed to make those changes because uh, my husband, I mean, with his job, there wasn't a whole lot of flexibility that he could do. So uh, it's like, okay, we need to make a really hard decision on whether I stop my business or if I need to make a shift. And what is that shift going to look like? Um, And so, and 
and I want to be really clear that this wasn't like an immediate decision. It took me, it probably took me a good month or two just to peel myself up off the floor. And Angie is like a true testament to that because, um, because there was many conversations. It was hard. It was hard information to receive. Um, but then we decided that, okay, we're going to do this. We, we think that there's potential here. And, um, so we're going to, we're going to go all in, in the next six months and we're going to double down. And it's going to mean that the family has to agree with some certain sacrifices that we're going to have to make. And mainly that meant with time. And mainly that meant with maybe we were cutting back on some of the other things that we were doing or um, it was just a family decision, but we gave it six months to make a transition from doing custom cookies orders and teaching classes in house to making the shift of going completely online. So I gave it till the end of the year and that was, that was the deal. If we couldn't make it, if I couldn't replace and increase our, my income that I was making prior, then I would walk away, but we made it. So, but it was hard. And I, and I think that people um, don't, I think that as businesses, business owners, sometimes we don't show the struggle and I try to be really transparent as much as I possibly can. Um, but there, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, but we knew that the outcome was worth it and we knew it was a short term turnaround. So. And as a friend walking beside you, yes, I can, I can attest to not only was it hard for you during the time of transitioning out of doing cookies into online spaces and learning all the things you needed to do, um, because again, it was figuring it out and mm -hmm. six months figuring it out, but it was also, you know, still understanding and knowing what you needed to do for Scarlett. And mm -hmm. um, so it was just a really rough time, but you kept going. Yep you kept persevering and you kept your head down. And that's one of the things that um, during that time and looking back now that it was just, you know, it's just what you did. You put your head back down and you just went to work and you did it. And, and I always say, uh, if, if there's an idea that pops into April's head, watch out because <laughs> He will like lightning speed faster than anyone I know <laughs> implement it and have it successful because that's just who you are. So, um, well, and part of the reason for that is that if I start acting on that idea, I don't give fear enough time to creep in. Yep. That that's one huge thing is that, and, and the whole reason why I didn't want to like, give up. I wanted to go through that whole thing, that whole six months, because I didn't want to live with a what if. Yeah. What if this business could have completely changed the financial future for my family? What if, like, I didn't want to live with those what ifs. Um, so, and I had a lot on the line. Like, if we had become accustomed to my income that I was bringing in, and so it was like, okay, well, and with the idea of additional therapies, or we didn't know what financially 
this diagnosis was going to end up costing our family um, financially and like what those demands were going to be. So it's like, we've got to come up with this money somehow if we need it. Right. Plus figuring out what her future could look like. So, I mean, that was a lot for me. And so it's like, I was not ready to go back to corporate. So I needed to, <laughs> needed to buckle down and figure it out. Right. It's kind of funny because that conversation just happened in my house and it's like, okay, we're buckling down. We're, yeah. we're, we're doing it. It's been, it's been a, it's been a year here too. So let's, why we're talking about all of that, um, we're going to go off of our, our questions a little bit here okay. and let's, let's talk about, because we've been really open and honest that, yeah. you know, Google searching, going for it, not knowing, um, trying, you know, not letting fear creep in. Let's talk about another F word that scares people, but it's like one of my favorite words mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is failure. Because yep. to me, failure is congratulations, you tried. And what are you going to learn? And how are you going to go forward? So I'm assuming, like most others, that you had some times where either you felt like you were failing or you just had a hot mess that failed, but it didn't stop you. It it kept you going. Is there any failure that just like stands out to you that that was something you just learned from or pushed forward from or so glad that it happened? Yeah. And I, I love that you touch on this because I think that people see it as a black and white and it's either you failed or you're succeeded. And I, I don't really see failure as that. I, I feel like there is a little bit of failure in everything that we do. Um, And because I, I really don't. Okay. Well, maybe there's certain people that do this, but I haven't experienced this yet where I have a plan and nothing goes wrong. There is always some little failure along the way that I learn from and can improve on the next time. Um, I have failed many a times. Like I said before, when I first started putting myself out there in the very beginning, I was trying to sell cookies and I'm going to tell you that I didn't sell any cookies for six months, not one single cookie for six months. So when I hear people um, in my industry say, you know what, I've been doing this, but I haven't. And I'm like, girl, I didn't sell any for six months. I didn't sell any for six months. So you're going to be okay. Let's see what we can do to fix you, but fix like your, your systems or whatever. Um, but I also didn't have anybody helping me. I didn't, I was figuring it all, all by myself, um, which you don't have to do. There's people here that will help you. Um, but I have failed at launches. I haven't. And by failing, I will say that like, I didn't do my due diligence and it resulted in what I would consider a failure for that launch. Mm -hmm. Um, I have failed at adding the right people to my team. Um, Were they good people? Absolutely. But I was so green in the part of hiring for my own business that, um, I didn't really know the right things to look for. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I I failed I have failed in that aspect a couple times <laughs> but I'm getting better um I have a great team right now and um so I failed there I have failed being a leader um and not being very clear and concise on how to manage my team so I mean I feel like the more you're trying the more you're going to fail I mean I feel like it's just that is just the god honest truth yeah because if you aren't trying at all there's no risk right there's no risk um but one thing that I do and I have put in place is I try to look at failure as not as this big gloom and doom thing. I see failure as an opportunity to improve in what you're doing. Not that, Oh, I suck at this. I should never try this again. No, it's like, okay, either this wasn't for me, this wasn't beneficial for my customers or my followers, or I think this is a good thing if we do it a little bit differently. Right. Um, so after we do everything at Sweet and Saucy Life, whether it's an event or whether it's a product release or a launch or it's a, a group, like anything that we do, um, we have a checklist of what went really well. What went really well that we didn't seem like we had any issues with. Um, and we notate those things because you need to see your wins alongside of what you would consider your quote failures and then we have it have another um like checklist of things of what went wrong and do we have an answer as to why because if you have an answer as to why then there's usually a way you can change it so then we decide from there if we were to do the same thing this goes into our launch strategy for whatever we're getting ready to do. So like maybe something failed because we forgot one aspect of something and it's like, Oh my gosh, this completely tanked because we forgot to create something on the website so people could buy it. Let's just say, and it'd be like, well, that's one thing you don't ever want to forget again. <laughs> so we add that to our checklist. So it's something that we remember and we will never forget to do correctly again. Um, so I, I just feel like as you grow, you're going to be exposed to more opportunities to fail and you're going to be exposed to more opportunities to succeed. Your mindset is essentially what is going to dictate, um, how you handle all of that. So, and I love what you said. Um, you said like the failures, one of the failures, it wasn't you suck, but something happened. And I think mm -hmm. so often that we look at a failure and we're like, oh, we, we put it on ourselves. Like we failed, we messed up, we did terrible, but it, it's actually a process that didn't work mm -hmm. or an, you know, an idea that maybe needed to get tweaked a little bit. It, it's not you personally, it's the thing that you're going after. I often say it's like when your kids take a test, you know, they get an F on that test. It's not them who, who are terrible people. A, they might not be good test takers. B, they maybe just didn't know the information well enough. I mean, there's a lot of things yeah. in play with that. And so I think so often that the, the fear of failure 
is a thing that holds us back. So I appreciate you sharing, especially like the checklist and how you make it better and how you review it and, yeah. and all the, the things that you go. Cause I, I really think that when people can see how failures can launch them to bigger and better, um, that will help them take those chances. So yeah. I love that can checklist. I, can I add something to that? You most certainly can. <laughs> So I think it's really important to understand that failure and something that you've done wrong isn't your idea, identity. I mean, yeah. like you as a human, you as a person, you as a business owner are not a failure because something failed. However, I also think it's really important that when you know that you screwed up, and you didn't do the steps or whatever that was necessary to do what you need to do. You also need to take ownership on that. Right. But that doesn't mean that you as a human are a failure. That means that you just didn't handle something correctly and you can correct that. Right. Um, and it wasn't just like, Oh, the universe said that I didn't need to do this. Well, that is a cop out. So I think that you have to be really careful about that too and have the mindset to be able to separate your identity from you made a mistake mm -hmm. and, um, and own up to those mistakes because it's sometimes it is our fault. <laughs> and I have had those many a times where I will take full responsibility be like, you know what? this didn't do well, like this launch didn't go do well, because you know what, I didn't talk about it. I didn't tell people about it. And I didn't do my due diligence. That doesn't make me a horrible business owner. That just means that that one thing I didn't do so great at. And now I know, well, if you don't do these things, this is the result. Right. So um, that doesn't mean I'm never going to try to launch something again. That just means like, now I know how important it is to do things in the process that we have set up. Right. Um, even when sometimes it's like, I don't really want to do this today. Um, so it's, it's one of those things. It's like separate your identity from your mistakes and your failures because, but also receive them if that was really true, your truly your mistake and make it right and do it better next time. Yeah. That's what it is. Do it, do it better. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Don't yeah. let it stop you. Just do it better. Try again. That's yep. why I always, I, I think I need to make a t-shirt that says that, um, you failed. Congratulations. That mean you tried. I mean, like, mm -hmm. that's just what I always say. So what, uh, what is the best thing about running your own business? Oh my gosh. Just one. I would say flexibility. That would be if I had to have one thing, it would be flexibility. I have the ability to make the schedule, my schedule the way I want it. Um, I have the ability to be the dictator of my dreams. Um, I have the ability quite on, and you know what, if you would have told me this three years ago, I would have been like, you crazy, but I have the ability to make as much money as I want to make. Um, I love that. So I think it's just given me the flexibility and freedom to live a life that I want to live. Yes. I love that. I love, 
you know, often people just say it's making your own schedule, but I love that it's the flexibility and I mm-hmm. love what you said. It's the freedom to make as much money as you want, as much as you want to put into it, mm-hmm. then that's what you're going to get out of it. So what have been your biggest struggles and how have you overcome them? Um, one of my biggest struggles was when I made that transition and I started seeing where the business was going. Um, and actually even through that transition, I knew that there was a limit to the amount of time and effort and energy that I could and wanted to pour into my business. And it was hard to try to figure out how I was going to navigate that until I started hiring a team. I, I think that I'm unique. I want to say unique, but I know there's other people like this, but in my industry, there is a, Oh, how do I want to say this? There is a phrase that people love to hold on to. And it kind of makes me cringe. Um, it's, I'm a one woman shop and, or I am, I'm just, you know, essentially saying I am doing every single aspect of my business, which that's fine. I understand that there's a point in time where that is what is necessary. And, um, and I know that when you first start your business, you aren't generating income to be able to build a team. I'm completely aware of that. But I also know that there's going to become a time that if you are wanting to scale your business to any level and you're really wanting to start making money, then you're going to have to hire help because either something is going to sacrifice either the quality of your product, the quality of your family life, or the quality of your health. Like something is going to sacrifice. And if you're the only one who's doing the sacrificing, it's going to fall on you. And so I knew right off the bat that I couldn't do this alone and be able to scale my business by myself. Um, So I started hiring a team. And when I say that, I don't have any like actual employees that report to work every day. I have VAs. And, um, before I started doing this business, I didn't even know there was such a thing that could do that. Um, but I have had to learn to let go and delegate and it is hard, especially when you've been doing your business for, and you're a creator or a creative. Um, it's hard to let some of those things go, but I'm going to tell you that once they get the dust settles with a new person coming in, it is so freeing. And quite honestly, there's a really good chance that they can do whatever it is task that you're assigning to them better than you can. And um, faster. And faster. Which saves yes. money. Yes. Because now you can work on things that only you can work on and the things that make you money. And you can do more of that and go deeper in that. Um, so that was one thing is tr- trying to figure out how I could scale my business and um, not lose my sanity. Because I didn't really, I mean, y'all, Scarlett just turned five, just started school. And 
the past week in her entire lifetime, this is the only week that we've ever been able to get her to bed before 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. at night in her entire life. Like I was going on empty in general. So like there wasn't any more I could give. So, um, so that was one thing. Um, the other thing is like just learning all of the things. And that, again, that goes with if you are hiring other people that know those things, you don't have to know those things. <laughs> it frees so, up brain space. Yes. <laughs> creative and to try yes. and to develop new things. Yes. Yeah. And um, the other thing was like trying to like learn the things in the beginning and hiring a business coach. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That literally cuts through the crap of the things that you really need to know and can get you answers and guide you along your journey way faster than you could figure and Google it all out yourself. I always you say it's are, the best money I've ever spent. Oh my gosh. I agree. And I have multiple at this point and, and all for different reasons, right. but it just, it cuts through the junk. It cuts all the noise out. And you can go specifically and you can look for things or ask for help with specific things that will propel you and your business forward. Um, So that would be another thing. And I think the last thing that I'll share is um, mindset. (laughs) Um, I grew up in a family where we didn't really talk about money. We didn't really talk about business or the talk about money was always of, a, I mean, we were never poor or anything like that. Very middle class, I feel like, or that was my impression of growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was very different because again, like we said, we didn't really talk about money. Um, but there was always like, you know, oh, we can't do this or we can't afford that. And it may have been very, very true. It may have been completely accurate. But I feel like my history, like my money history has always been that of a scarcity mentality. And that goes along with my business as well. And the fact that um, I sell my cookie recipe and all of my tips on how to make cookies like I do. And my my original thought before I started selling my ebook was, oh my gosh, what if people get my recipe and then they take over my business? Like they steal all of my customers. (laughs) And so changing that mindset from a scarcity mindset and opening your mind to the possibilities of what are actually available to you, the options are endless. You can literally do anything. And before, and I feel like it's so, it's more prevalent now than I feel like it's ever been. Um, So and I, and I can be talking to somebody that is coming, new person into my coaching group or something, or a new member of the virtual cookie club or just somebody online. And I can very quickly figure out what their mindset's like, because I was there. Like, I remember what that was like. And um, so it's just changing your mindset to understanding the opportunities that are available to you and being open to them. And, um, gleaning wisdom off of people that are further down the path than you are. Um, And for people that aren't in that mindset, 
letting that talk go, like not giving any weight to the people that might be in your life, whether it be family or friends or some random person online that, um, that doesn't have your best interests in heart, at heart. You just got to let that like roll off your back. It's not easy. I still struggle with it, but I feel like I've gotten a little bit better of identifying what those things are. So I don't know. It's all a journey and none of us have it all figured out. We just know what we know from where we've been. So yeah. Right. I, I mean, love that. And the, the mindset is just so, Oh, it's so important because as business owners and as small business owners and makers and all of that, you sometimes feel like you're an Island all mm-hmm. on your own and the yep. loneliness and the mind games start playing. And then the mindset game starts playing. And it's funny cause we've all been there. We can go down these rabbit holes that whew, like are, are deep and strong. And, and I think that's, what's so important too, is when you talk about a business coach, our group and, and April, you and I met because of our business coach. Um, yeah. That's a funny story in itself, <laughs> but um, it's it's that community behind you because it's that community that can pull you out of those dark rabbit holes and help your mindset when you're struggling because I want everyone to realize that we've been there. We've been uh-huh. on that island and we've been down probably just about every rabbit hole that we can think yep. of. Yeah, and, I mean, and sometimes I still feel like an island. Like, oh, yeah. I think that there's this perceived idea. Yeah, we have, we have made friends in different industries and businesses and things like that. But, like, that's not the day-to-day. Like, none of those people are near me. So, like, those people aren't in my day-to-day life in, a, like, a physical aspect. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's not like we have this squad that we're all every Friday night, we have girls night and we're like, you know, fun. it would be, but that's not what's happening. No. And um, (laughs) so like that is, it takes a little bit more intention. I feel like to have relationships like that, but they are so much, they're so important because those other people that are doing the same, not necessarily the exact same thing, but the same struggles, the same growing your own business and things like that, we all get it. We're all kind of like there in that idea and that mindset and things like, and we get it. We've been there. Um, it's different than talking to like, you know, your friend from high school or whatever. They might not get it if they aren't doing the same thing. So it's a little extra work, but the payout, the payoff is exponential. Yeah. So much. Um, would you mind if I ask you some fun questions? Sure. All right. Um, it's funny because I asked this and I probably could, I think, answer most of them, but I'll, we'll do it for our listeners. Um, podcast listener or book reader? Podcast listener. I listen to audiobooks. I'm not a good sit down and read book person anymore. I fall asleep because if I sit down, it's very unusual. And so I'm like, out. (laughs) I, 
if I'm trying to read a book, what I find now is that I don't know if I have like adult onset ADD, but <laughs> I will be like visually following the words in the book. And then I'll be like, how did I get on this? Why am I thinking this? This is not, I'm not reading and thinking the same thing, you know? Yeah. So that's know. what happens with me. So I end up reading the same page 10 times and then I'm just like, forget it. I'll just get the audiobook and listen to it. I love audiobooks. So podcast. Okay. Do you, um, well, I was going to ask you your favorite podcast, which hello. My new favorite is Move Makers by Angie Bauer. Thank you. Good answer. Good answer. there. <laughs> 10 points. 10 points. Okay. Favorite food to eat. Oh my gosh. A favorite food to eat. Mm-hmm. I like all of the bad foods for you. I'm going to be honest. Um, I love sweets. I don't eat my own sugar cookies anymore because I'm kind of burnt out on them, but, um, I love sweets. So can I just have a general category? You just want a general category? (laughs) (laughs) So you're not being specific, like a cupcake, a candy bar, like just, I love chocolate. I love chocolate. I also like gummy things like gummy bears, that kind of thing. Um, But okay, we'll go with chocolate. If I have to pick one, I would say chocolate. Okay. So coffee isn't a food group? Oh, no, that's that's a drink. So I do love coffee. (laughs) I have an addiction that I'm really trying to get under control for Diet Dr. Pepper. Um, I'm embracing much more water. So I have to drink so many cups of water before I reward myself with any diet Dr. Pepper. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It's all about balance. It is all about balance in life, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I know you don't do a lot of this, but, and favorite TV show, movie, Netflix series. I don't really watch TV. Um, we were actually talking the other day that the only person that watches the cable that we pay for is Scarlett. <laughs> and she watches car- so we're spending like, you know, hundreds some odd dollars a month on cartoons um, that we may need to cancel that. Um, I don't really watch TV. I am. I love movies. I love movies. Um, so, but I only like to watch movies one time. Like, I don't like to watch movies over and over again with the exception of one movie. And it's my all-time favorite movie and the movie that my daughter was um, named after. And that was Gone with the Wind. And it's the one movie I have never seen. The next time you come and stay at my house, we're going to have a movie night and we're going to watch Gone with the Wind and eat popcorn and chocolate. Well, I'll eat the chocolate. Okay. And we'll find you something else. (laughs) (laughs) ah we know each other so well (laughs) um okay game on i will watch it i need to know how scarlet was named because like it's important scarlet o'hara is an incredible heroine like her family was in need and she figured out how she was gonna take care of her family and um i kind of resonate with that her her suggestion like the way she went about it maybe wasn't the best choices but 
I appreciate her um, gumption, let's just say. All right. So now I can't wait to watch it. Yes. <laughs> so this is usually the last question and one of the hardest everyone says, but if you could leave the listeners with one little nugget, something that they can just hold dear, just that advice piece, what would it be? That you're never alone. That if you are starting a business and you don't have an absolute clue where to start, what to do, reach out to someone, reach out to Angie. If you're a cookier or whatever, you can reach out to me. There are people here that have no problem reaching behind and helping another sister up. And I think that that is something that I had never experienced before this business in corporate, it was kind of doggy dog. And it was, it was almost like, um, they're going to figure it out or I'm going to let them fail type situation that I always felt like I was, I was in, nobody really wanted to help me. Um, they were worried just about themselves and whatever, but I feel like it's very different with women entrepreneurs in this time and space. And I, there is no, I try to pick my words very carefully because I know I can come off a little bit aggressive, <laughs> but I don't feel like there's any glory in struggling when you don't have to. Right. It's like, sister, like you, if you want to be able to just say, oh my gosh, you know, I, I did this and it took me this much time and I researched all of these, like Google this to till my eyes bled. If, I mean, if that's what you want part of your story to be like that, and there's nothing I can do about that. But what I can tell you is there are people out here, women out here that are willing to help you that it, all it is, is booking a call or booking um, a Facebook message or like just something, just you reaching out and saying, Hey, would you help me with this? Mm -hmm. And we can, help you fast track. And instead of three months, you've been trying to figure this all out three, you could be three months down the road, making money, doing the thing. So I think that's what I want to say, whether you're struggling, whether you're on your wins and you're doing amazing, there are people that will surround you and lift you up regardless of where you're at. So, um, I also know that it's kind of hard not knowing where those people are. So, um, you found some people just through this podcast. Um, and Angie is a great person with that. I mean, even if like whether Angie can help you directly or maybe it's, maybe it's something that, you know, like you aren't an expert in and you know, you probably know somebody that is, and you can move people down that line. Right. Um, don't be hesitant to reach out regardless of how early you are in your business. If you're just thinking about it, if you have a little bitty baby business and you don't even have a Facebook page or a website or anything, it's never too early to start making some decisions and trying to decide what you're wanting to do. So that would be my thing. You're never alone here. 
um, uh, being alone is a choice. I feel like that might be a little bit of an aggressive statement, but I, I truly believe it's, it's an honest truth. I love it because it's the thing that I love the most about having you and several of my biz buddies is it's not about doing it alone. I mean, it's about raising each other up and Mm -hmm. helping and going forward. And just like, I can say, Hey, if you're a cookier, you need to go talk to April because she's got the jam.com and she knows what she's doing. Or if you want to hit the online space in a new way, like it's the same thing. So, um, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's that it goes back to that mindset. So thank you for sharing that because I don't think any of those words are aggressive. They are honest and truthful. So no, good. I hope they're received well. (laughs) I always say, um, (laughs) hear my heart before Mm -hmm. you hear my words. Yeah. I want you to hear that first. So because I want to see everyone succeed. There's enough yeah. room for all of us. No, there is. Most definitely. There's so much room. And I don't know. I just I this it you may run into mean girls that don't want to help you, but for every mean girl, there's probably three amazing women that will do whatever they can to help you out. Yeah. And it's amazing when you find that out because you're like, man, I've never experienced this before. Cause it's not the norm. It's not, no. not what we're used to. And nope. guys, it's so freeing. It's amazing. And, and the confidence mm-hmm. and the love and the encouragement and, and even in a coaching group or our coaching, I mean, just, just that, I mean, yeah, don't do it alone. April's words, um, I hope really help someone who's listening today because don't, don't think you have to do it alone. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The ships don't go out to sea by themselves. They do look for the lighthouses. Yep. So Ooh, that's good. I, I know like it's, it's something that is a little sneak peek of something. It's all about lighthouses. Ooh, I'm intrigued. I know. Right. Love it. So, yeah. But, well, thank you so much for your time and being here. And guys, if you want to learn more about April and Sweet and Saucy Life, maybe you're thinking about starting a cookie business or going more on the online. Um, I will have all of her info in the show notes so you guys can check it out. But again, I just want to say thank you for being here on Move Makers. We so love all of our listeners and we love each week that we are growing and getting new listeners. It's just so cool to watch you guys. Thank you for all the reviews. And if you haven't put one in, if you could leave a review, it's great. And if you could hit the subscribe button, it's even better. So if you guys can share this with family and friends, we so appreciate that too. Guys, have a good week. And of course, we will talk super, super soon.